Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, Trapped! Hey everybody and welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every single Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, one by one, from the numbers to the Z's. I'm JB Clark. I'm joined as always by Bruce Springsteen. By Rob Carmack. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen what? Is not joining. <laughs> we are not joined by Bruce Springsteen. Somebody just drove their car into a lake because you you got them so freaked out. Like that's not happening. Some <laughs> poor podcaster just Carmack. like jumped off their as treadmill. Always, as always, we have not invited Bruce Springsteen to be a part of this conversation. If he wanted to be, <laughs> it would just be too. We'd weird. have to. We'd have to table that. We'd have to just give it some time to really think on it. Because yeah, maybe that, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pollute the the process, you know, and I, f- I feel like Bruce would just get in the way. So, you know. Yeah. You know, we joke about that, uh, but we have uh, uh, some listeners of this podcast that spun off their own uh, Arcade Fire version of this podcast, and they've had like the whole band and the band's parents on. So, <laughs> but to be fair, so at this point, this is kind of like the BS version of their podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Arcade Fire is not Bruce Springsteen. Like, I. It's true. They're, Air Canada, they're, right? And everybody just kind of like knows everybody in Canada, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Ar- Arcade <laughs> Fire is a good band, but Bruce Springsteen is a living legend who vacations with the Obamas. We're talking about someone who's at a whole other level. True. And, uh, and the Hanks. Yeah. And yeah, that that's the thing. This, this is a man. This is a man who the Tonys tried to get, like, when, when the Tonys wanted to give him an award. They asked him for free tickets because you have to give the Tonys free tickets so that they can send their judges to go and evaluate the Broadway show. And Bruce said, no, you don't get free tickets to my show. And then the Tonys were like, that's fine. We'll give you an honorary award and we don't have to see your show at all. That's what kind of that's the level that Bruce Springsteen is on. Are you with me? Like, so if, true. If, yeah. if, if he's not interested in applying for your award, they'll make up a new award just so that he can give it to him anyway. It's true. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, all I should mention the podcast I brought a second ago is called Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. Good uh, podcast. And it's it's a great podcast So check it out if you are interested in that band or the alphabet. Yeah, or into two super nice, uh, super smart uh, young Canadian men talking about music because they're super fun to listen to and to talk to. Indeed, indeed, sir. Well, today we're talking about a song, interestingly enough, we're talking about a song that Bruce Springsteen did not actually write. We're talking about the song Trapped, as you mentioned before. Uh, so the song Trapped is a cover. It was originally written by an artist named Jimmy Cliff, and it was written in 1972. Yeah. And uh, this, the reason we're talking about this is because Bruce has, actually Bruce has released this officially twice. This was released in 1985 for the We Are the World compilation album and it was also later released on the essential bruce springsteen box set in 2003 so um so that's that's why this gets a a discussion on this podcast is because it's had two official releases by bruce springsteen it's it's the same recording it's just been released twice it's a live recording and we'll get to uh to the that particular recording in a second but just a little bit of background on the song i'll just blow through this stuff as quickly as i can but uh for those who don't know the songwriter here jimmy cliff is a jamaican ska and reggae musician and his most famous songs are probably Wonderful World, Beautiful People, uh, You Can Get It If You Really Want, which is probably the one I, I am most familiar with. There's uh, Many Rivers to Cross. He also has a famous cover of the Cat Stevens song, Wild World. It's pretty good. Uh, you also might have heard him sing the song, I Can See Clearly Now, uh, it, for the, in the soundtrack to the movie Cool Runnings. 
And uh, he. I love that movie. I do too. I do too. And uh, also, uh. Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff has a well known cover of the song Hakuna Matata from the Lion King soundtrack, which was written by Elton John and Tim Rice. So, the, the <laughs> interestingly awesome. enough, this is a cover of a Jimmy Cliff song, but most of the songs that you know that Jimmy Cliff has performed are also covers of other artists. Uh, with the yeah. with a couple of exceptions, like you can get in it if you if you really want. So, so that's where this song comes from. Most people, I think, don't realize that this is a cover. In fact, I I have a friend who's a pastor in Austin, and he texted me a few months ago, and he said, "Hey, guess what? I'm using a Bruce Springsteen song. I'm using I'm reading lyrics to a Bruce Springsteen song in my sermon." And he was like pretty proud of himself. And I said, "What song?" And he replied with "Trapped." And I said, "Not to be that guy, Luke, but because his name is Luke. <laughs> not to be that guy, Luke. But Bruce Springsteen did not write Trapped." That's that's by a guy named Jimmy Cliff. You need to check your notes. Get your basic facts straight before you embarrass yourself. And uh, he was annoyed that I, first of all, knew that at all. And second of yeah. all, thought that it was important enough to tell him. I became like comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah, so that's sort of the background here. Uh, Bruce has been playing this song live since 1981. And on the European leg of the original River Tour in 1981, Bruce brought a Jimmy Cliff cassette tape, or he bought a Jimmy Cliff cassette tape in the Amsterdam air- airport. And that's how he actually discovered this song. And he very quickly, on that tour, created an arrangement that would fit the E Street Band. And then they started playing this song while they were still on that leg in Europe on that tour. So Bruce's first performance of this song was very soon after he first heard this song. And uh, it was recorded... Oh, his first performance of the song was on May 29th, 1981 in London. And he kept it in the set list for the entire U.S. leg of that same tour after they returned home in 1981. And so then he went on to release the live version, the one that we've all heard, on the We Are the World album in 1985. And the purpose of that album was to raise money for for famine relief in Ethiopia. Now, JB, when I say We Are the World, what do you think of? Everybody getting together to sing a mediocre song in a in uh, poorly in a in a giant studio room. That is correct. That's what this was. So the album We Are the World, which again was uh, supposed to raise money for famine relief in Ethiopia, the album was produced by Quincy Jones, and it featured. Like literally all of the famous names in music that were around in 1985. So like Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, Paul Simon, Tina Turner, Ray Charles, Billy Joel, Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Bob Dylan, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, Kenny Loggins, etc., etc. And um, it's so like pretty much like every famous musician you can you can name got together one day in in LA except for Michael Jackson because he was already one of the weirdest people on the planet and so he recorded remotely um but one of the, one of the interesting <laughs> what uh, yeah so one one of the interesting anecdotes from this recording session which took place at A&M Studios in in Los Angeles is that most of the celebrities showed up in limousines with uh, their private own private security guards and their entourages and Bruce in true New Jersey blue-collar, working man, man-of-the-people fashion, Bruce drove himself to the recording studio in a pickup truck, and he parked at a nearby yep. grocery store and walked a couple of blocks by himself to the studio. This is a post-born in the USA Bruce Springsteen doing this, who's been invited personally by Quincy Jones to come and record some stuff. So, um, but all that, like, that was for the We Are the World, like, everybody gets together in a choir. But uh, this song, Trapped, was not recorded in the studio. This version of the song was recorded on the Born in the USA tour, at Meadowlands Arena in New Jersey on August 6, 1984. So that's what we're hearing when we listen to this. And um, then later on that same year, Bruce joined Jimmy Cliff on stage at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Jimmy Cliff was playing at the Stone Pony in November of 1989, and then Bruce came up and joined Jimmy Cliff during his song or his set, and they performed this song together. So uh, the most recent live performance of the song is February the 4th, 2017 in Melbourne, Australia. 
And fun fact, I saw this song. I saw him perform my very first Bruce Springsteen show in Dallas. He played this on the Magic Tour uh, in 2008, and it was pretty awesome, and people were very, very into it. Those are the basic facts. That's a lot of stuff. End of information. What do you want to say? (laughs) Uh... So yeah, so Trapped is a song that Bruce Springsteen does. Yes. <laughs> uh, you want to get into the music of it? I mean, yeah, I, I just gave you everything I've got. I just dumped all, all this stuff right in your lap. So wherever you want to go next is, is perfectly fine. I got to be honest with you. I, whenever you were like, we're going to go over basic facts for this song, I thought it was going to be... I have one sentence in my basic facts. What do you have? And, <laughs> uh, Trapped is a 1972 song written and recorded by reggae artist Jimmy Cliff and popularized by Bruce Springsteen in the 1980s. <laughs> Hey, that's correct. And so, like, there was a moment, there was a moment where, like, I just glazed over, (laughs) and then, uh, and then, like, I heard, and those are the basic facts, and I looked up, and it was like ten minutes later. (laughs) I am, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to to filibuster with no basic facts. I blacked out. I I don't remember. I basically time traveled. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember it. Uh, Well, now it's your your turn to rant. So, talk talk a little bit about uh, the music. Yeah, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, so it kind of starts off with this uh, neat little palm muty guitar that's very quiet in the mix. Uh, and then from there, it's mostly just bass and keys and hats, uh, keeping the time with a little click snare, and then it's got it's kind of nice. But then in the choruses, there's these like, huge guitar moments just out of nowhere, uh, and he really starts holl- hollering. And the bass, I love, 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 love what Gary's doing on the bass in the choruses. It's very distinctive. Like, uh, you you know, really hear it in this. Yeah. And it's kind of doesn't sound like a Gary bass part. Like it's sort of quintessentially Gary and that it's like a walk that never stops or holds a note. But it's also sort of not in that it's got this sort of like pop punk sensibility to it, you know, like this. Yeah. Uh, it's all it almost feels like he's playing with a pick, you know, it's like uh, it's awesome. I love it. And then uh, and it's kind of unlike him in that it's like the same part over and over instead of him just, <laughs> just playing wide open bass, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the co- and then the guitars yeah. are like wide open. Their background vocals on the Yaz are, are huge. And every time, you know, after Bruce yells trap, just, he just like yells trap. And there's these really nice harmonies. Um, yeah. And then like after the chorus, just there's a snare hit and a bass drum and it's nothing. It's just like down to nothing. And you can hear the fans all cheering. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. The and dynamics of that, this song like, are really cool. Like it's, it's very, very distinctive how, how the, the song rises and falls between the choruses and the verses. I don't love that. The keys, you know, it could be something else in there, but whatever, you know, it's That's what they were into. Yeah. That's what they were into. <laughs> and then uh, after the second, after the second uh, chorus, there's a really great Clarence solo uh, where he's, he's, playing over that really hip bass part um and then it all goes back down to nothing and the crowd cheers and he does like an abbreviated verse at the end and then he goes back in the chorus and just blows it out at the end it's a lot of fun i mean the 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 courses are super fun yeah i really like it yeah it's really fun to sing uh and the harmonies are like Really fun to, you know, like they're obvious enough that like you can latch onto them. It's yeah. really nice. Well, and live uh, when even, Bruce hits the chorus, when when if you see if you get a chance to see him do the song live, like when he hits the chorus, the whole room just rises up. Like people really respond strongly to the choruses of this song. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It's like uh, I can't I can't pick out a harmony to save my life, but this is one that's really easy to sing along to. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, and I mean that's it's not written like a normal Bruce Springsteen song, which I mean is sort of indicative of like yeah, it's a cover. So it it yeah. it uh, it's not as it it doesn't have the normal Bruce Springsteen song structure. Like it's got it's got a proper chorus. It's got some oohs and some yeahs and. Um, and, but, but I really like it. I, I like Bruce's version of it better than the Jimmy Cliff version. Is there anything else going on musically? I realize like there, there is no studio version of this song. So, um, all, no, all we have to go on yeah, is this, 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 this live cup. Yeah. Um, that's really all there is. I was, I want to repeat, like the bass part is super cool. Uh, the, very distinctive, just has this really nice pop sensibility to it. Super cool. Does the bass part in any way remind you of the song "In the Meantime" by Space Hog? Uh, I'm. That's not ringing any bells. Do you not know? It's got this like dum dum do 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 do. Like it's got a like if you, I don't know if you, Space Hog was a band that was like a one hit wonder in the '90s when I was uh, discovering music, and they they had this song called "In the Meantime," and I remember I remember very clearly like the bass line. It's the first time I ever heard a song. I was like, the bass line is interesting. You know, like I was probably sixteen or seventeen yeah, when I, I first hear heard that song. I hear it a little bit. Yeah. Are you listening to in the meantime I know the right song, now? But you're, yeah, I, I can think of. I, I I recognize the song now. Yeah, it does. It does sort of have that same like, bump 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 bum, bum, like the uh, really fast little pick. Like it's not uh, even a walk. walk. It's a jog up. almost, right? Like it's yeah. Like it's got this. I don't know. I, I I'm not great at picking out bass parts, but. Um, like I, so like when I hear a bass part that I recognize, that's very, it, it has to really like make itself known for that to happen. But uh, um, this is one of those songs though. It's, uh, it, it I think they all kind of owe a little bit something to the Joker too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. It does sort of like the Steve Miller band. Um, yeah, yeah. very much so. Um, yeah, I, I think this is cooler than that Steve Miller part, but yeah, that Steve Miller part is like ubiquitous for all bass players mm-hmm. absolutely it is um all right well do you, do you want to talk lyrics the, the lyrics are not super complex i think but it's worth yeah it's, pretty it's worth straightforward let's check it out all do right it. so uh first first well it seems like i'm caught up in your trap again and it seems like i'll be wearing the same old chain good will conquer evil and the truth will set you free and i know someday i'll find the key and i know somewhere i'll find the key well, it seems like I've been playing the game way too long, and it seems the game I played has made you made you strong. Well, when the game is over, I won't walk out the loser. And I know that I'll walk out of here again, and I know someday I'll walk out of here again. And he's singing this, like, sort of melancholy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting, dynamically. Well, it's it's an interesting... Two, like, two melodies. It, and it is... As, as we're looking at the lyrics, I'm realizing, like, this is a lot more poetic than I tend to give it credit for, I think, but... Um, because it is like he's using some really noticeable, some really strong imagery to talk about the, the idea of we're we're in a very. It seems like he's talking to somebody who with whom he's in a very toxic relationship, and kind of yeah, almost like with a resigned notion of like I I really need to get out of this thing, but I know I'm not going to at least not right now. Like maybe someday I will be in a <laughs> I will be strong enough to get out. And to uh, and to walk away from this thing that's maybe killing us both, but for right now I just don't have it in me to do that. So that's you know, um, so it, it's almost I don't want to say nihilistic because he seems to have some sort of hope that he'll he'll find a way out of this thing tomorrow. But I, I don't know if anybody I don't know if he believes himself, you know, because of how like the tone of the song is being sung. Like he believes uh, he believes. Yeah. That, so then it goes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, he I believes that the relationship the is toxic. He just doesn't, I don't think he necessarily believes that he's going to get out of it. Uh, and the, the way, I think the melody of the chorus sort of resigns him to that. But now I'm trapped. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trapped. Oh, yeah. Trapped. Oh, yeah. Trapped. Oh, yeah. Almost like, uh, you know, whenever you sort of like revel in that thing, you know, that's bad for you. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting, like the, the part he's most, the, the, the part, <laughs> it's like the verses where he's like, I'm going to get out of this when I can have like the whole thing is surrounded by a question mark but then the chorus is surrounded by like three exclamation marks you know like the thing he knows for sure is that he is trapped uh yeah so next verse yeah now it seems like i've been sleeping in your bed too long and it seems like you've been meaning to do me harm but i'll teach my eyes to see beyond those walls in front of me and someday i'll walk out of here again yes someday i know yeah i know someday i'll walk out of here again but now i'm trapped oh yeah trapped oh yeah trapped oh yeah trapped oh yeah uh, and then we get this tiny little verse at the end. Now it seems like I've been playing your game way too long. Just going back to that same refrain. And it seems the game I played has made you strong because I'm trapped and just keep going trap, 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 trap over and over. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I, it, it's E street band, you know, they're, they're live, they're doing what they do best. And then they picked a really, a really interesting song to cover. Like, and it, here, here's something that I've always sort of figured, like, I don't know, tried, tried to work out, like, how does Bruce decide what he's going to cover? Because it's not like he has a ton of cover know. songs that he's released like this. But there are a few. And some of them are, like, War or um, The Chimes of Freedom and, like, like things that you sort of, like, okay, I get why he did that particular song or, like, High Hopes even. But um, this one is, it's very interesting that of all the songs that Bruce probably was hearing at this time, this is this is one of the ones that not only did he choose to cover, but it became like a major part of the concert for a while, you know? Yeah. Not unlike Jersey Girl, which, I mean, again, like, I don't have to wonder too hard why Bruce decides to cover Jersey Girl, because that's, I mean, he it's it makes more sense that he would do that song than Tom Waits would do that song. But but this one, I don't know. Right, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, but this one is interesting. Like, I, I, wonder, I wonder what it was about this song that really spoke to him, you know? I don't know, maybe... You know, this is the '80s. Maybe there's some of that tunnel business. That's the thing, too. Yeah, it's still hanging around. It's 1984, so we're three years away from Tunnel of Love. So, it's it, it's but he's not married yet. You know what I mean? Like all all the stuff from Tunnel of Love. If you're to believe the divorce album mythology here, is like all those emotions sort of sprang up. Like the idea of the brilliant disguise or one step up and two step back. Like all those things like came out of Bruce's experience of being married for the first time. But this is like, this is speaking to him before that, which may, maybe, maybe leads you to believe that tunnel of love could have possibly come into existence regardless of whether or not Bruce was going to ultimately get married. You know what I mean? Like maybe he was already sort of working through these ideas before he had a real life experience that sort of mirrored it. If that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, he certainly, um, like he, he certainly had been in relationships and that, you know, oh, that's you, true. Know, yeah, had, yeah. you know, a number of them had to be documented that he was kind of like not the best in some of those, you know, so. Well, and, and there's also the, sort of the recognition or uh, yeah, the recognition that, um, that that love is complicated and it's hard and it's it's a lot of work. And sometimes it's really it can be a real disaster. And like Bruce always seems to sort of resist the the wide-eyed cotton candy type of love song. So maybe he heard this and he was like, oh, this is interesting because he's not, this guy's not doing, you know, just like a, a regular paint-by-numbers love song. Like this this guy is saying something a little bit subversive about love songs. And so maybe that's the thing that Bruce really responded yeah. to. I, I think know. that's probably it. Well, this is a really good song. I like it. 
and I have yeah, nothing else to say fun. about it. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, I did enjoy it when I heard him do it. I, I would love to hear him do it again someday. Uh, how many? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see it live. We should make that happen someday, or I guess Bruce should make that happen someday. The ball's in his court at this point. Yeah. Um, it is. Well, how many? Man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, you, do you have a metric? How many nights? Sure. How many uh, nights in your bed? Nights yeah. sleeping in your bed? Yeah, how many nights? I give it three and a half nights sleeping in your bed. Okay, I'm, I'm a four and a half. I think. Oh, four and a half for a cover. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, I've I've been very oh, positive on a like I gave Jersey Girl a five, so I'm not I'm, yeah, I'm certainly yeah, not true, anti-cover. True, true. But uh, or actually, I, and I gave uh, my rides here a five too. So I've I've been I'm, yeah. I, I I can recognize a good cover when I hear one, and this this is definitely and if we're measuring and a, a big part of whether or not a cover is good is how it measures up against the original. And the thing that those three songs have in common, Jersey Girl, my rides here, and this is in my opinion. Bruce's version of these songs is better than the original, unlike, say, London Calling or, um, I don't know, like other other covers that I'm not thinking, or Turn, Turn, Turn or, or whatever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a four and a half. I really do like this song. And I, I know that this is, again, I know when people, I think people make signs for this one. I think this is one of those that people get really excited about when he brings it out for the set list. Yeah. So, um, but I, I've seen it, so it's not on my, but it's not my, you know, wish list anymore but i i did enjoy it so um i think think i'd be higher on it if like if if there was more to the you know it's not quite there for me that makes sense that's those keys yeah and and that's and that's okay i mean it's a live cover of a song that we don't have any sort of studio work in and like that's you know i i don't think i don't i don't think you're wrong to not give it a five for sure and i mean i think three and a half is a totally fair assessment here um, is that it? Are we done? That's it. It's crazy. All right. Well, then next up, if you will join us next time, we will be talking about the song Trouble in Paradise, which may have some similar themes as I think about it right now. So, uh, you know, come back next time. Join yeah. us in paradise for a little trouble. We'll see you then. Yeah.